In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. After a very interesting listen to the quarterbacks with you and Ian, I'm now here one-on-one with Jack Duffin. Jack, we are a Browns podcast, but let's talk about some Chelsea news. How do you feel about Lampard going? I've just got to say that's so much better in- intro after uh, Ian butchered it on Monday. Uh, it-, it-, it was pretty horrendous. We, we missed you, man. What did I do? <laughs> it was like a Scottish meets Irish un-energy intro. It was questionable. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lampard news, obviously. Frank Lampard's gone. Um, yeah, wash my hands. I was ready for that. It was about time. So, uh, onwards and upwards. Got uh, Thomas Tuchel in. Um, no, exciting times ahead. Obviously, the uh, long NFL off-season, especially once the draft's done. Um, so, hopefully, we'll have some football to watch to keep us busy. Just a real quick question for all our American uh, listeners. Do you think this new manager will mean that uh, Paul Zick will play more? Yeah, he was the manager that brought him through at Dortmund. So um, it's, it's someone that's known him for a very long time. Um, yeah, and really promising for him. So, uh, no, I, I think we're going to see a lot more focus on wingers at Chelsea. And that obviously is a, a big upside for Christian Pulisic, which is, I would say, the most gifted American footballer ever. Um Tim Howard was obviously awesome as a goalie, but uh, you can't get that excited about a goalie. Um, this guy is the absolute nuts. Excellent. Well, look, today we're going to be talking about the running back and fullbacks. So uh, there's four people, which are five, we want to discuss. Yeah, so the NFL average is 4.3 backs, fullbacks and running backs in a roster room in general. Um, and yeah, Obviously, if you listen to our show on Monday, obviously, if you haven't listened to it, quickly pause this one, jump back on the Monday one, which where we look through quarterbacks and then press play again on here. But the gist of it is very much all 53 roster spots. How does the team fill them? Let's go through them. And um, you've got three options, basically. Is that player already on the roster? Uh, Is that player someone we're going to go get in free agency or should we be using a draft pick UDFA etc to fill that spot so we're throwing everything on the table we're literally looking at every different option the team's got um there's some folk the majority of the focus is on 2021 but we're keeping 22 23 in mind because as the team is going to be doing they're going to be having these same discussions they're going to be having matrixes on the wall if we do x what happens abc um so, yeah, these are the same discussions. Andrew Berry, Paul De Podesta, all the in front office guys that are going to go through. They're looking at each roster room and really delving in. So uh, there's no reason we can't have the same discussions. Okay. The big name, the Cleveland Browns' favourite name, Nick Chubb. Jack, we all know your stance on running backs, but is he safe next year? So let's just sort of run through the running back room quickly just to sort of 
highlight what it is. You've got four spots, 4.3. We're unlikely to be a team that carries five just because the extra tight end, wide receivers, where that's going to break down. So we're looking at one starting running back who is your sort of do-it-all. Um, we've got a third down, receiving back. You've then got sort of your depth guy, mainly special teams, but hopefully got some future. Maybe you can step up into one of those two rooms and then you, you've got to fall back in this system. Um, so yeah, the starting running back is obviously Nick Chubb. He's going to be the running back for 2021, um, but it's a big off season for Nick Chubb. This off season basically says, is Nick Chubb here long-term or is Nick Chubb gone after this season? And the reason for that and why you do it this year is because if you sign Nick Chubb to an extension, you can the signing bonus money and lots of that stuff will happen. The first year is going to be in 2021 when he's already on the book because he's on his rookie deal, but you're pushing that money forward. Um, and the going price, we can look at them all. You've got Derek Henry, you've got Dalvin Cook, you've got Joe Mixon, all of them signed effectively 25 million over two year extensions. Um, don't worry that it says four years on it. They're just option years. It's effectively all two year deals. You've got Kamara who actually got 28 um, over two. So slightly more than the others. Um, but that's effectively what the cost is. People saying hometown discount, all that. It's nonsense. Fans love to say, hey, this guy's going to take a discount. Nick Chubb's not going to sit there and go, oh yeah, I, I like Cleveland. I'll sign for 6 million rather than 12 and a half. Um, it's just not going to happen. Um, so do we see Nick Chubb here long-term? I wasn't sure because lots of the noise around it, but my good good friend, friend of the podcast, hopefully a, a long-term listener, Andrew Berry, um, did an interview where Mary Kay asked him the question, what do you feel about the hype of running backs don't matter? And he said, we don't follow the consensus of the league. And to me, my I, I was in love already. Um, I, I'm not far off sending a ring to Andrew Berry and asking him to marry me. I don't think we're going to pay Nick Chubb. And it just comes down to the question. We spoke about it a week ago. You can pay about five veterans when Baker's on his big deal. And one of those five veterans isn't going to be a running back. Um, and yeah, that's just unfortunately how it cuts it, Paul. You're talking um, right this second with your analytical brain and obviously you love Nick Chubb, you know, you bet on him every week, blah, 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 emotionally. But do you think a club like Cleveland Browns will go over the cap to keep a potential hero legend at the club? I think if you want to be competing for Super Bowls, you've got to be ruthless. Um, and it really, really comes down to that, unfortunately. Um, you've got to separate the emotion. So you can pay guys you really like, or you can pay guys that they've got to be a value add. Um, whatever you pay him, he's got to perform well above that level. And I would say the easiest comp is going, hey, we, we can pay Baker, and then we're going to have two guys on, say, plus 10 million. And do you have your two guys as a wide receiver and a, a tackle or do you have a wide receiver and a running back and suddenly is he that good and is Baker going to be that good if he's got Nick Chubb but we have to get rid of Jack Conklin and replace him with a day two pick yeah I'm, I'm thinking like ticket sales and shirt sales 
in, in a different way in the aspect of do you think that the Cleveland Browns would be stupid enough to go, okay, we're going to use our cap space. We know we're going over. We want to keep the fans happy. We want to, you know, reward him. I know what you said in the in the callback thing about looking at the future and not the past, but if he is the next Jim Brown, for example, and the emotions, could you see the Browns just being rock and roll and not thinking Super Bowl ruthless, but actually doing it more on the aspect of we need to, for the fans or the club, could, could you see him do it or not? If Baker wasn't the answer and they were going back to the quarterback pool, I genuinely think there would be that sort of sentimental view of let's pay the guy for two years. Yeah. It's not an optimal move, but we've got some spare cash because we're going to draft another quarterback this year or we're going to draft a quarterback next year. If they genuinely believe Baker's the guy, then wins and that postseason that you're potentially going to go to four out of the next five years will pay all the season tickets are getting sold. Um, they're going to have no issue doing that. So I think you winning almost allows you to take the emotion out of it. No one in New England was banging on Bill Belichick's door going, you keep making mistakes, you keep letting all these fans' favourites go because they're always winning. Um, and I think winning papers over all the cracks. Why do players want to go to a franchise? Hey, because they win. Why do fans want to go and watch their team? Because they're winning. Um, and yeah, that, that's not saying Brown, First Energy Stadium's empty when the Browns aren't winning, but you're not going to have people queuing up to try to get a ticket to a awful game against some basement team. Say we were playing the Jets at home um, week 17. No one's going to care if you're sort of picking in the top five to make sure, hey, I want to go to that game. Whereas if that's a game where you're already clinched the playoffs, say everyone wants to be there. Everyone wants to be there for week 18, the uh, wild card round. Um, so winning heals all in the NFL um, and they're going to need to be ruthless. And I think the fact that they're going to commit to Baker, Baker is the face of the franchise, followed by Miles Garrett, and I'm pretty much sure that that's here for the next five years. So Chubb was picked in 2018. Yeah. That means he's done three seasons now, if I'm correct. Yeah. It's hard to get my head around it. So that means next year is his last year. We could franchise tag him. Yeah, so we, we could franchise tag him, which I think um, in a year's time is going to be 10 point five roughly um and then effectively what these deals are and where that 25 million comes from is it's just two franchise tags so rather than go to Derek henry hey we're going to let you play on a 10 million franchise tag we're going to franchise tag you again at 12 and a half um let's just give you a deal that is the 25 well 10 and a half whatever it is it works out basically it'd be 24 million i think if you just tag twice so they go hey we'll give you 25 million sign the deal and we know you're in there for two years it makes the locker room vibe good because no player likes playing on the franchise tag if you're a quarterback it's sort of okay whereas a running back it almost tells them hey you're discardable so you're probably better cutting ties or giving him a two-year deal um there that's sort of where you would go the the sort of one year at a time it just doesn't give a good vibe and also 
you want the availability of the franchise tag if you need to franchise someone else for some some and reason comes along. Pun? And Juku, you may want to franchise. Yeah, you could certainly go there. So it's a cheap franchise tag because it's a tight end. Um, so no, it is. I can't see them going the franchise tag route. They're either going to pay him this season. And for me, and we'll get onto him next, the minute I probably thought, yeah, Nick Chubb's definitely done here was the day they paid Nick Chubb. Not Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. So there's there's sort of been an evolution of the the running back market. There was the t- the big deals for Gurley, for Bell, for um, Christian McCaffrey, for Ezekiel Elliott, pay massive money. And that's basically ended. Other than CMC, no, no running backs are getting that anymore. And they've moved to this sort of, from that big tier, um, which... I don't remember the exact percentage, but that's big. And then there's been this reduction to basically 12 million a year, which is where um, Henry's landed, where Dalvin Cook's landed, where um, Mixon's landed. And then you've got this third tier down where Austin Eckler was basically the first one there. So Austin Eckler signed, and then Kareem Hunt signed at basically the same level. So 6 million a year. And it wouldn't surprise me, in about five years' time, obviously the number will go up because the cap's going to rise over them five years. But if that almost becomes the new ceiling for lots of these backs, so there might be the odd one that gets the what's now a 12 million deal. Uh, but basically everyone's looking at six million a year um, because teams become so much smarter. There is just so much talent coming out. And people don't understand that lots of the running backs don't matter is because there's just too many really, really good ones. And where there is so much talent coming out of college, it's really easy system to pick up once you're there that they just become so replaceable. It is the easiest position to pick up and play in the NFL. Whereas we look at like tight ends, oh, they take a year before they're settled. That's just not the same with running backs. They can come straight in there and get going. It's sometimes just a bit of weights and stuff to, to get them used to pass blocking. But um basically that they are good to go straight out the, the gates. So Hunt's on around five, six million. Chubb's on about four or five at the moment. What do you think the Cleveland Browns maximum cap space could be, forget the third running back for a sec, could be for that room? So if you're trying to juggle this at home, you know, like do you think the Cleveland Browns have got 10 million always for the running back room or to keep it under cap size? So as we sort of discussed with the, the sort of stacking of the, the five veterans the other day, we almost broke it down to you're too high. You've got Baker, put Baker to one side, the five that's left. You've got two high price veterans that we more or less said, Hey, that's a left tackle uh, or a tackle either side and a wide receiver. Then you've got your tier two, which is a, tight end and someone on the interior line a guard or a center and then you've got your third sort of third tier which is in terms of 2020 money is that you're sort of three to five million which is basically your wild card it could be an extra interior o-lineman it could be another wide receiver it could be another tight end it could even be a running back um so i think in terms of how the team's moving forward i would say six million is the ceiling for what they would pay at running back. And Nick Chubb falls well above that ceiling. And it would just be disrespectful to sit him down and go, hey, we want you to sign this contract at 6 million. If not, you're a free agent. Just tell him, look, we can't pay the money you want. 
we're going to let you hit free agency. You can go out there and you smash it. And yeah, if if he's high signed, he might get a fifth round comp pick. He ain't going to get a third round comp pick. That's, that goes for teams that have got quarterbacks and really valuable players that go big in free agency. Um, he has been one of the best running backs in the NFL. Not going to dispute that. He has is a phenomenal character. Um, yeah, he's, he's not one that's going to stand there and make rah-rah speeches and motivate everyone. He's just that put, brings his lunch to work kind of guy and just drives forward. Um, but the fact is, if you want to be a franchise that's going there and winning, you can't say, hey, we're going to not have a number one wide receiver star. We're not going to have a Jack Conklin, who's a phenomenal tackle. We're going to put it into a running back instead. The numbers just don't stack up long term. So do you think that means um, we wouldn't take a running back next year? Let Chubb play out, hump, hump, play out. And then next the year after, we'll go for a running back in the draft. So I think, um, so let, let's say Nick Chubb staying. So we get on to Kareem Hunt. And for me, the extension of Kareem Hunt's almost a really smart move to protect Stefanski scheme. So you're not relying on a rookie to come in. But effectively, I look at it as 2021, you've got Chubb and Hunt. 2022, you've got Hunt and a draft pick. And then 2023, you've got draft pick and draft pick. Um, so that's sort of your transition to go through and it leaves them a, a really nice point where they're not like, hey, we're out, we've got no one left. Um, so I, I think that Hunt extension was very much about let's let's build the transition, the contracts, sequencing, as we've mentioned on the podcast, it's one of Andrew Berry's buzzwords, sort of to stack those deals nicely. So y- you've got a plan there. And obviously you can always pick up a veteran because if you do want to pay one of these sort of big name running backs. Um, you've got Lev Bell, you've got Gurley, you've got Fournette. Um, these guys, there's always one out there or two out there every season that have got signed to a big deal. They do their two years, they get cut and then they're available for one to two million. So if you want to bring in sort of a household name running back, that might be a really, really good idea for the Browns moving forward. And it wouldn't surprise me if they basically become the uh, place like NFL coaches get sacked. They go to Alabama, reinvent their image, and then go get another coaching job. Um, exactly the same. Nothing's changed, but they, they just get rejuvenated. I think the Browns could have a really smart option of basically doing the same thing with running backs. So we're going to bring in a, a Gurley, a Bell, a um, Leonard Fournette. And these guys, yeah, I, I don't rate them all particularly as players, but if you go actually our second running back on the roster, or let's just bring in someone every year that becomes available, pop them in there, and um, you can then have sort of a, a veteran household name, but you're only paying them two mil. It's, it's peanuts in the grand scheme of it. Interesting. I it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see how it plays out. How do you feel, Jack, if they do make uh, an extension with Chubb this summer? I, I would be shocked, and it, it would make me question what their long-term vision is um, of the offense because... And let's just not... say, it's, say it's 20 million for two years. Yeah, I, 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 it's 25 million over two. I, I, I think that's exactly yeah. where it'd be. My fear, and we saw it with Christian McCaffrey, um, a perfect example with the Panthers. So the Panthers struggled at the start of the season. First two games they lost, I believe it was. And then the key moment for the Panthers season was when Christian McCaffrey got injured. And it wasn't that 
Mike Davis is a better running back than Christian McCaffrey because he's not. Um, what happened was they then stopped passing and running the ball as much and they put the ball in the air and we saw it down the stretch for the Browns. The games where they passed more, they trusted Baker. They won more, they scored more points. And what we see so often in the NFL is that sunk cost mentality. Hey, I've spent a load of money on a running back, let's run the ball. And when you do that, you're then not as efficient because you're running rather than passing. And anyone that says run the ball more, they just don't trust Baker Mayfield. That is effectively what you're saying. We don't trust our quarterback. Our quarterback's not good enough. If the quarterback's good enough, you pass that ball. And there, there, is, there is a point. There's always a point where running is more efficient than throwing the ball. At the moment, that's when you've got four or less defenders in the box. If it gets to that point, I'm all for running the ball. But you've got to be a pass-first offense. You've got to be passing regularly. The two teams in the AFC that passed the ball the most, they went to the AFC Championship game. You're not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs by running the ball. You're going to do it by passing, passing, passing. And you've got to be able to rack up points. And um, yeah, for me, it would just be, it wouldn't be so much, hey, we've got Nick Chubb for two years. It's the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. It would be more about where this team prioritize. Um, and and yeah, I, I would much rather, let, let's put the money into Richard Higgins. Let's put the money into a, another great player. Um, and really drive it into the passing game because that, that that's what makes the difference. Hmm. Yeah. And if they did make the uh, extension to Chubb, you think it'd be this summer versus the end of the contract? Yeah. So the reason you do it this summer is because that then puts a lot of the guaranteed money into this year. So it makes it cheaper and less dead money left when you're potentially cutting him after two years. And in all honesty, if, if Browns fans are like, I really want to be paying a running back, let's look at a prime example. So you've got three, uh, Derek Henry. Let's take Derek Henry, for example. Would Browns fans be happy if you went from, hey, we're going to pay Nick Chubb. Let's not pay Nick Chubb 25 million over two years. Let's pay Derek Henry two, three million for a year. And when you go, a, you ain't going to get Derek Henry two, three million. If you look at all these other running backs and what they've gone through, it's basically what ends up happening. So the Titans, they've got one more year with Derek Henry on this big deal. And then they're like, hey, do we want to pay him 10 million for his uh, third year on this deal? They're probably going to go, no, let's cut him. And then suddenly he's out there in free agency and he's needing a new club. You might just go, hey, let's bring in Derek Henry. Let's pay him three million. And... I, I don't mind paying Derek Henry 3 million. I do object to paying him 12 and a half million, 13 million. But that's sort of a perfect example of the next potential running back that's just left there in free agency for a team to jump on. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think if rather than paying Nick Chubb 12 and a half, 13 million, you go and pay Derek Henry three for one year, fine, so be it. And then potentially Dalvin Cook's the next one. And then you bring in Dalvin Cook for 3 million um, for one year. These guys are there and available. Um, it's just make the most of it. Bring them in on a one-year deal and then let them go. And the other advantage of that, you're going to get comp picks back. Because if another team then goes, hey, this running back's actually good, let's spend some money on them. You're then picking up sixth, seventh round extra picks, more picks. Andrew Berry works his magic. And then you're trading a sixth round pick and you might bring in a Clayus Campbell-style player that is there and making a massive impact on your way to a Super Bowl. Cool. Uh, one person we haven't talked about was uh, D. Ernest. 
one second before we get there, and I just want to touch on Cream Hunt. So if Nick Chubb gets paid, and I'm wrong, which I, I, I said Kevin Zeitler would never get traded. Um, it didn't make sense, and uh, the front office went and did that. So um, I'm not always right on stuff. Um, but there's a really good chance that if they do pay Nick Chubb, then Kareem Hunt is traded this offseason. The reason for that is that Nick, uh, Kareem Hunt is currently the 11th highest paid running back next season in 2021. And it's very, very unlikely that you're going to pay, have your 11th most expensive running back as a backup on a team. So if the transition's there, as we spoke about, of, hey, they're both here, then it's Hunt, then it's two draft picks, that works really nicely. Um, if it is you're going to pay Nick Chubb big money for two years after next year, then you're probably trading Cream Hunt. And people go, oh, but we need two running backs. You don't need two running backs because they're barely on the field at the same time. Um, it's very much just one or the other. And in the same way, you don't waste your money on a backup quarterback. You don't waste your money on a backup running back. They can replace that in the draft into the third, fourth round easy. They can even do it later. Um, James Robinson, another explosive UDFA who's uh, run all over the league. And if you had him in fantasy, you, you know how valuable he was. Um, I would say it, it's really, I'd say it's about 50 50. If Nick Chubb signs an extension, Kareem Hunt's probably going to get traded. And that's perfectly fine. You you get a late pick for him, but you just want to move that six million off the books. Interesting. So we're calling that we don't think them two running backs will be on a roster next season. So my guess would be it's the three-year transition. It's they're both here for next year and really make the most of it. Go wild for Nick Chubb because he deserves to be applauded from the stands for his work rate, everything else. Next year for me will be the last year of Nick Chubb. Then we've got the hunt and draft pick and then we've got draft pick, draft pick. Um, and it, I, I throw in that. I think you'll see the Browns doing a lot of what the Kansas City Chiefs did with Bell, what the Falcons did with Gurley, what um, the uh, Bucks did with Fournette. I would be surprised if we don't become the the new home for Reformation running backs. Um, but yeah, I, th I think you've got the three-year transition here. They're not going to pay a running back. They're going to focus on the pass game. And... Uh... Where do you think Chubb would go? A good place for him? Someone like the Bills or? It, it would have to be, where does every Browns running back end up? Where, where did Duke Johnson go? Where did Dontrell Hilliard go? Where do all our tight ends go? It's the Houston Texans, baby. Where's Hyde? Hyde, uh, Hyde ended up there. I don't know if he's still there. Oh, um, pardon? Yeah, but you traded to... Seattle, he got waived or cut, and then he ended up in the Houston Texans, I believe. Um, but no, it's got to be the Houston Texans just for the banter of it. Um, so yeah, they cut David Johnson this offseason um, because they need to save cap. And then in a year's time, they throw a load of money at Nick Chubb in free agency. And hopefully it's loads and loads and loads of money because then we'll get some uh, comp picks back from. Excellent. Ernest Johnson. So the third running back spot, and this is going to be quite interesting. Um, Dearnest Johnson's obviously the name there, and he's a, he's a good special teamer. He's got a chance of it in camp. It wouldn't surprise me if they go the other route. So let's say they keep Chubb and Hunt. They don't extend him. 
um, either. It wouldn't surprise me if they go for that sort of fourth, it could be as high as a fourth round pick on a running back. And they almost start that process of getting ready to replace um, Chubb um, on the roster and look to build that forward. I would leave it all the way till next year um, before they start worrying about it. But if they like a running back, they could make the move and sort of get ready. If they do extend um, him and keep Hunt, then it might just be a sixth, seventh pre-order UDFA for me. Uh, once I get past the fifth round, you, you're just starting on who do you most want for sort of UDFA quality um, or a pure UDFA. It's going to be a camp battle. Probably more that third running back is probably going to come down to more to Mike Prefer than Stefanski um, because you've got two talented running backs in Hunt and Chubb. It doesn't really matter who your third running back is. They're only getting on the field if someone's injured. Yeah. All right. Now fullbacks. It's, it's, it's the boy, the, the big man, Andy Janovich. Um, lots of fans weren't a big fan of Janovich down the stretch because they didn't use him much. Um, but that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm not worried. Um, so you're going to have four running backs either way. Um, Janovich gives you more options than Dontrell Hilliard, for instance. He's, Dontrell Hilliard doesn't give you much uh, more than Janovich. Janovich gives you a fullback in the scheme. And yeah, he might only get used on three to five snaps a game. Plenty, um, because the big value of Janovic isn't in what he does on the offense; it's what he does for special teams. So he's the fourth best running back and fourth best fullback last year in terms of PFF grade on offense. Also the fourth best in specials, and he is on this roster for his special teams play. And so in the past, I told you special team play does not matter when you're in a rebuild. Special team play does now matter because we're not in a rebuild. We're looking for that extra 2-3% that can help push us forward. And a really, really strong and comprehensive special teams unit is super beneficial. So I'm for all for paying him. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up staying around long term. Potentially, he could even be our special teams captain um, because he just produces. He is one of our top five um, special teamers. There is five that is distinctly better than everyone else. And he is one of them guys. Good to hear. How do you feel in general, Jack, about the running back room? I think it's a really, really strong room. Um, I think it's one where, yeah, there's there's more been spent in there than I would spend. I would never be spending a second round pick on a running back. I would never be sort of going, hey, let's spend six million. But if that's what it's going to take to sort of transition to where this front office wants to go, then I fully understand it in the short term. Um, I, I think this front office is really smart. So, We've seen across the NFL, you can get so much talent. In terms of UDFAs that are performing at a 50% or better level, it is by far the most um, beneficial position of UDFAs. You get more UDFA running backs than you do at any other position who make it into sort of an impact player in the NFL. It's all part of a piece that I'm doing later in the uh, off-season over on the Dogland, um, where this article also is. Um, but if we look at positions where you've got um, top 50% of players, um, according to PFF, that are UDFAs, the most popular position for that is running backs. Um, obviously, if we're not counting kickers and punters, then it is running backs. 18% of the top 50% of performers are UDFAs. 
Um, the next highest is wide receiver at 15% and guard at 15%. So it, it's pretty solid above everything else there. Um, there's lots of options. And then it's not saying let's not run the ball or anything like that. I don't think this front office is going to be that analytically and far driven. It's saying, hey, we're going to make sure we've got an amazing O-line. We're going to have a really, really good passing game and we're going to have a really, really good scheme. And when you've got those three things, the actual running back you put in the backfield isn't that important because Callahan's going to make sure there's big holes. When there's big holes, it makes it really, really easy on your running back. And you don't get those big holes unless you have a talented O-line and keep that money in the O-line, keep supporting Baker. And um, no, we're going to see more good talent in the running back room. And the O-line, Stefanski, Baker is going to elevate all of our running backs we get on the roster. One thing is, Jack, um, we talk about draft picks. We haven't got unlimited draft picks. I know this year we're in a good position. We've got 10 draft picks. But, you know, like, we can't be wasting running backs with, you know, I see first round, second round, third round as starters. So we've got four potential starters from this draft, touch wood. But then, you, you know... We don't want to be taking a running back fourth or fifth, do we, really, this year? So the Browns are almost, you're going to see a weird trend. So in the past, obviously, when we started the podcast, um, we wanted starters, instant day one starters out of those first three rounds. And that's just not going to be the case anymore. Um, The first round pick, I think you expect to be a starter. Um, Day two and the day sort of round two, round three. By the end of the season, we almost want them to be starters. And then rounds four to seven, we just want them to contribute in some way. Um, six and seven might not even make the roster because they're, they'll might get battered out in camp by someone that's better. But it's very much about development with some of these other guys because there is just so much talent. It's insane. Um, the depth is really strong. When we're talking about, hey, you've got Alex Taylor, you've got Michael Dunn, you've got Drew Forbes, um, you've got Weaver um, Edge, you've got lots Whoa. of these a name we're going to hear next year. You've got lots of these players already dotted around. You've obviously got like Elliot that came in last year. It wasn't amazing, but he's, he's solid. You've got Phillips, who's a linebacker. Um, you've got Delpit, obviously, that didn't get to play. You've got Greedy Williams. Lots of these guys, they're, they're going to be in the rotational roles. And when you're saying, hey, let's draft someone, they're going to go into that room. But there is just so much talent in there. And that's a good problem to have. We're going to be drafting a year ahead. So you might see a pick get made and you're like, oh, but we don't need that player in that position. And they're going, actually, in a year's time, this guy's going to develop and we're going to move on from that guy there. So you can replace and restock your running back room. And I think it's probably going to be a thing that we'll see almost every year. They'll take a running back in every single draft, but it's going to be in that sort of fifth, sixth, seventh round rather than your day day two picks um they might take one sort of in that year when nick chubb um kareem hunt moves on so not this draft not next draft 2023 draft i think they could go as high as the third round and they might go hey we see this guy as potentially a top 10 running back for his next four years let's almost overdraft him in the third round um and leave you somewhere as a solid transition so um no, I, I don't think they'll be afraid. And also, the other way, first round pick, take tw- pick 26, turn it into two picks 
um, in the 40s back-to-back years and would you rather have pick 26 or would you rather have pick 45 and a future second it's that trade back every time because we saw the Panthers GM do an interview um, last week when he got appointed and he said quite frankly there's about 16 17 players in every draft that are a cut above the rest and then everything between that and pick 50 they're all basically the same and there's slight preferences in different front offices but they're basically the same and um why not have two of them, guys? Delpit, your Corbett's. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say the difference between Delpit and um, who sort of went late um, in the first round, the, the sort of tackle from Miami, he's not been particularly good. Whoever the Raiders drafted, not particularly good. So Delpit's probably just as good as them guys. Um, so yeah, I, I would say if you can get any picks sort of in that middle of the second, I would rather have two picks in the middle of the second. Um, lots of the NFL draft, it's just throwing darts at a dartboard. Over 60% of first-round picks don't get a second contract. So there's so many That's busts. Nuts. That's nuts, isn't it, really? When you think how much money, how many experts there are, um, the fact that so many miss is just insane. Um, it's also... Yeah, with, with that stat, sorry, mate, is that an extension... Or a second contract at another club? So it's just a second contract with their current club. Yeah. Um, because quite frankly, if if you draft someone in the first round and then you don't extend them yourself, it's not a good pick for you as a team. So, um, yeah, I, I was just looking at, do they stay and get extended at your current club? Um, because like Stefan Gilmore, for instance, who's gone on to be a phenomenal cornerback with the Patriots, he wasn't actually that great for Buffalo Bills. He was a great, he was a good corner. He wasn't a phenomenal defensive player of the year style corner. Better than Mitchell? Oh, 100% better than Mitchell. Um, but he, he wasn't worthy of the deal the Patriots actually signed him to. The Patriots overpaid him. He's then actually gone on to be the payer, player the Patriots paid for, which is really weird because usually you overpay for free agents and they never perform to that level. It was actually the opposite with him where he was overpaid on the deal, but he then performed at a much higher than that level, um, which is incredibly impressive and testament to Bill Belichick's work. But it's one where, yeah, we're going to have so many picks moving forward. And the best thing is we can be going into years in the future where we're like, we can almost draft without a position hat on because we've got all of our starters locked down. Um, we might have made a couple of middle of the roster moves for, in free agency, but let's just take the the seven, eight, ten most valuable players and we'll make it work. And um, we're just going to focus on adding more talent, adding more talent, adding more talent, and then use free agency to basically plug the little holes that appear. Anything else you want to talk about the running back room? No, I, th- I, th- I think that's sort of it for today. Um, we're going to be really, really, I'm, I can't wait for the show on Friday um, where we get onto the next room, which is the wide receivers, um, which I, I, is really interesting. And you can go about seven, 10 different ways in the wide receiver room this off season. So it's intriguing, but it it's going to be really interesting to see how the Browns roster looks over the next sort of few years. And there's fans that are going to be like, oh, I really like that player. I would say, there's only three people inside the Browns you should get emotionally attached to. It's Baker Mayfield, it's Kevin Stefanski, and it's Andrew Berry. Everyone outside of those guys is actually replaceable. Um, and that's just the way it is. 
Um, and if you look at a great thing to do, obviously they're stuck up, but look at the New England Patriots. Have they cared? Hey, we moved on from this guy. We moved on from that guy. We moved on from that guy. No, because they're winning things. Um, and that's, that's going to be what keeps Browns fans happy. It's not that their favorite players left. It's that their favorite um, off-season games are back every single year. And um, th- that's what I'm most excited about. So you don't think Paul Podesco matters then, mate? Um, I, I don't think he's off anywhere. So uh, you can't get emotionally attached. I, I, only, one, only I can get emotionally attached to Paul D. Podesta. All right, mate. Many years ago when we started the podcast up, it's a big weekend. Senior Bowl. Are you going to be watching it this weekend? No. <laughs> mate, in the old days, we used to think, okay, we're going to go Pro Bowl, we're going to go Senior Bowl, we're then going to go Super Bowl, we may even stay for Combine, then Draft. Where have them days gone? So I just get really hyped now about free agency. So um, basically the season ended and I just went, Paul, I want to go three days a week. I want to do all these podcasts. So I, I, I just went absolute into um, insanity when the season ended. So it, it's pretty much, uh, we've got a month of shows, three days a week where we're just going to be looking at, let's have a deep look at the position, have a really, really good chat. And then we're just going to go super deep on free agents have a really really good chat about all the free agents out there why we like certain players why we don't like certain players and we will pretty much just pull up a position room um, and we'll just start chatting about certain wide receivers should we sign this guy why shouldn't we sign um is it Shaquille Barrett the uh, edge defender from the Bucks why he's not a good signing for the Browns um we're going to have a really, really good series of shows. And then once free agency is done in the middle of March, we'll have a week to review it and then it's on to the draft. So um, I think that's where we'll start getting into. I know it's past senior bowl, but um, that's the moment when I'm ready to talk about draft prospects. Until we get free agency done, it's, it's full steam ahead on free agency. And it's not going to be a sexy free agency probably, and that's perfectly fine. Bad teams are the ones that spend loads of money in free agency. And we're not a bad team anymore. And that's phenomenal to say. So let the other teams overpay and uh, we will get the bargains. That's tier two, tier three guys. That's, uh, that's where the rosters are made. Let me take, let's get two takes on some Browns news today then. I saw a rumour, Jets are looking into acquiring Odell Beckham. Uh, what's your views on that first things? So I don't think it will happen. Um, I think it's just a bit of noise. Um, but for me, and it's, it's something I always said during like head coaching searches, it's one of them things that we don't know enough on the outside. Um, when they're interviewing different guys, yeah, we can see what they've done in different places. But unless you're in the building, you can't judge it. We're not sitting there in those interviews going, yeah, I really like candidate A, I don't like B, C scares me. Um, it all comes down to, do you trust the decision makers? When we went through the hire of Freddie Kitchens, I said, I do not trust the decision makers. Um, and for that reason, I was out. Then we heard that Paul Deepadest like Kevin Stefanski. I was like, well, Kevin Stefanski is now the guy I want to get it. He didn't get it. Um, and then we look at last coaching search. And I was like, yeah, I really do trust Andrew Berry, Deepadesta. We're, we're going to get this right. I believe it. Even if they wouldn't have gone for Kevin Stefanski, I believed in the decision makers. The OBJ stuff is very much like that for me. We're not judging it like lots of the other players where we can see them over a season and we know where they're at. It's a different case because after six games, 
Baker's career trajectory changed so much. And is that the moment that it clicked and he understood what Kevin Stefanski was needing? Or was it the fact that OBJ got injured and he freed him up? And only them inside the locker room and inside the building really know that answer. So we'll obviously go into more detail on it on the wide receiver show on Friday. But it wouldn't bother me if he gets traded. It doesn't bother me if he stays. Um, I, in a way, I, I'm actually leaning towards staying. First or a second, Odell's worth? I think a third, just with the injury history. I think you'd get a third is what his going rate would be. Second thing that came up today, Baker did not make the top 10 quarterbacks to be guaranteed starting next year. Um, it was that Adam Schaffner, Schaffner's, here is his top 10 lockups for starting an opening day 2021 NFL season. You've got Watson, Rogers, Stafford, Oh, no, that's all the ones that are on the move. So they're all the quarterbacks that don't uh, uh, up in the air and um, could be moving teams. Cool, 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 so cool. He's got, it made no sense now. <laughs> he's got 10 um, quarterbacks that are locked in and know that they're starters. And then there is just so many quarterbacks that could move. It is possibly the most fascinating off-season in NFL history just for the sheer amount of quarterbacks that can move around and it, it genuinely makes it really exciting that there is so much moving pieces and so many storylines um, and as well the, the fact that there is going to be so many quarterbacks going at the top of the draft teams are going to be trading up for them um, if there's a quarterback left on there at 26 there's a good chance that we can get a decent ransom for that pick as teams want to get into the back of the first round to get a fifth year option on them um, so no it's, it's, it's an exciting time um, it's going to be a really, really fun draft. And Are you ready for a fast fire question session for you, Jack? Go on then. I'm going to say the quarterback name. Where do you think they're going to end up or start in next season? Go on then. Watson. Deshaun Watson. He's going to be Houston, but I want him to be Miami. Really? Matthew Stafford. I'm going to say the Colts. Dak Prescott. Cowboys, 100%. So, Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. He's going to leave the Jets. Where is he going to go? Steelers off the question now. Actually, I'm going to say he stays at the Jets and they trade down from their pick. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going to stay with the Eagles now. Jared Goff? Jared Goff is staying here. Their contract's unmovable, so he's there for one more year. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get cut. And then where he goes in free agency, I do not know. Um, and he, the reason he want to be cut is he wants to get more guarantees in his deal. So that he's going to stop any trade going through and he is going to force a cut. He is going to end up... I want to, I want to say he goes back to the Patriots just because it'd be intriguing. I don't think he will, but that's where I want to see him. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Um He's going to go somewhere to be a bridge quarterback. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he ends up at the Jags. Just to do... No, because they've got a bit of Minshew. Um, and, uh, Dolphins? They got, um, no, he won't go there. Um, he's going to bridge somewhere, but where will he bridge? Uh, I would like to see him in the Bears, but speaking to Bears fans, it's not looking good Saints. from there. Pun? Saints? 
Nah, they won't want to spend the money. Um, hmm. Do you think Cam Newton will want a lot of money now? He wants some money, but Saints have got no money. Um, where could he end up? I'm trying to work this out. Is there anyone even can take him on? Um, uh, if you listen to the podcast, shout out, play along. Where do you think these guys will be? Interested yeah. to know your thoughts. Let's look. Bottom of the league teams. Oh, Raiders, I think, could be a wild, a wild card there. Um, he's always up for doing some nutty stuff, Gruden. Um, so that could be an option. Or where have we got? The Broncos might go for someone. Could he Could he be a Bronco? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's say Bears? he goes... I I like I'd like him at the Bears, but apparently the Bears won't go after him. But yeah, let's say he goes to the Broncos or the Raiders. I'm gonna have two for that one. Terry Bridgewater, your boy. Teddy Bridgewater, sorry. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think he has he got. An, I think he's got another year left in his deal, so it wouldn't surprise me if he stays at the Panthers. Only while a bridge, so he might do half a season before um, whoever they draft comes in. Trubisky. Trubisky's a really, really intriguing one. Um, Is he a starting quarterback, first of all? No, but he, he's he's one I would, I would definitely... He's one of them bridges with a lot of upside. Um, and that seems weird to say because I've spent the last three years absolutely taking the piss out of him. But I think he was a really, really good signing for someone to sort of see, can this guy develop? That'd be perfect for the Raiders. I'm going to say the Raiders fall in absolute love with him. Um, and Gruden signs him. Or potentially the 49ers take a shot on him as a backup quarterback. But who's the yeah. 49ers going to go with? Ooh. James Winston? James Winston stays with the Saints. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, Fitzmagic, baby. Is he out of contract this year? Bears. Bears. Send him to the Bears. Fitzmagic, baby, to the Bears. Let's do it. Yeah, he's available. Love that, man. Or, All the could do or we could go to the Patriots just for the banner. What's going to go on with um, the Lions? What are they going to go with? The Lions are going to draft someone. So the Lions are actually a really good shot for Newton. Yeah, Newton to the Lions makes a lot of sense. With They're, Dawson there? Or, or Trubisky. Trubisky there, actually. Alex Smith. Alex Smith, I believe, would stay in Washington. Um, they'll... Uh, they, haven't got any, they haven't got their youngster anymore, have they? They've got Taylor Heineke. Um, so I think they'll go Taylor Heineke and Alex Smith next year. And um, Big Ben. Big Ben will stay um, there, which is glorious. The last thing I want is Big Ben retires and Stafford gets traded there. Yeah. Oh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, I missed him, I think. Aaron Rodgers is staying there next year. He, his deal's unmovable for a year. So uh, Alex, uh, Aaron Rodgers either wants a contract extension or just tell him he's going to be traded in a year's time. So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a big bumper deal this offseason. Mm. Interesting, eh? Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year because obviously... Lots of teams moving quarterbacks. 
Yeah, there's lots of movement. Um, lots of people will be shooting up and down boards, more movement than ever before. Um, it's going to be a year where there's going to be less knowledge on what's happening in the draft, which means the teams that are more reliant on data and other metrics are going to be a lot more supportive and beneficial, even more than last year. Some of these players haven't played for a year. Um, so now I'm, I'm, I think we're really, really well set up as a team to get there. And then there's the talent in the coaching staff that can really bring these guys in and develop them. Um, we've obviously got Callahan, but we've got some more guys in the building that are really, really good at their job. All right, Jack, I really enjoyed that. Um, guys, if you're listening, don't forget, give us some feedback, some five-star subscription love. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you or hearing from you on Friday when we start talking about what room, Jack? Wide receiver room, baby. Oh, Higgins. Higgins. Um, Landry, Landry put a snake up an eight today. I don't know what that means. He's, he's willing to take eight million just to stay with the Browns. <laughs> there we go. Um, but no, um, check out the article. So I've got pieces coming out three times a week, coinciding with all these podcasts where I go into even more detail. Um, so check that out at thedogland.com. Um, check me out on Twitter. Any questions that come up, tweet them, DM me. Um, loads of you guys already asked me loads of cap questions. More than happy to answer them. Um, but yes, at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. And Paul Brown, where can they find you, my man? Uh, I like people to find me on Clubhouse at the moment. So uh, uh, have you tried Clubhouse yet, out, Jack? No. I haven't even got I- Snapchat yet, mate. Have you got an iPhone? I do have an iPhone, yeah. Clubhouse is available on the iPhone, not on an Android. Interesting. But yeah, so um, yeah, Clubhouse, Paul Brown underscore UK is where you'll find me these days on Clubhouse. Very nice. And uh, how do we end the podcast? There's only one way. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.